Hey everyone, and welcome to CommanderCast episode 490, where your weekly source for community strategy and technology hosts on our home site, CommanderCast.com. My name is Mark. And I'm Adam. Adam, it is uh, episode 490. It is. Again, this seems like it should be more momentous than it is. There's no even like palindrome effect we can go for here. But. No, no, it's a, it's a, like a false benchmark. That that is also true. But if there's nothing else I li- love in life, it's false benchmarks. It's true. Uh, that also sounds more momentous than it probably is. It does. <laughs> it, it sounds like it's a real term, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> I just made it up. <laughs> I I think you should just like like slightly insert that into everyday conversation. Like someone has a really good bagel for breakfast, and you're like, "That's a false benchmark." And they're like, Whoa. "That's hilarious." Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm just I'm just saying, maybe mess with the people you yeah. love. Yeah, yeah, fair like, enough. Uh, this week, everybody, we are going to not exactly go back to the well on Dominaria, but if there's one thing we like talking about in Commander Cast, it's old cards. And one thing we definitely forgot to talk about last week, which was the new old cards. Yeah. Versions of old cards. Even though we did literally have a whole segment on us retuning old cards, we did not actually talk about the ones they already retuned for Dominaria United Commander, which at this point, I feel like they should just string any three nouns together. (laughs) <laughs> and that that becomes your set name, right? It's it is meaningless. But anyway, we're gonna talk about that in strategy, uh, in technology. We get to talk about some real old cards that are actually worth playing in 2022. So break out that Chronicles set that's I'm sure burning a hole in your pocket. Well, I somewhere. mean, at the very least, like you can get the Chronicles version of some of these cards on the cheap, whereas you know they're Legends or Arabian Nights or Dark versions are not cheap. That's also very true. And you know what, people? Don't hate on white borders. I'm no. Don't hate on the white borders, and then you'd be okay. I, I mean, mean, honestly, half of these are probably like 25 cents, so you can just <laughs> marker them in if you're really that. that that's true. Yeah. There is the Sharpie solution if yeah. that really bothers you that much. Um, so anyway, ladies and gents, that's what we got uh, to talk about here in community. We're going to talk a little bit about the feel bads. Right up top, I'm going to start with a positive, right? Um, so that's what we're going to do. So keep up with the conversation on the Facebook and the Twitter. Come back in community with should you avoid them feel bads or not in your games. Uh, and stick with us through a dumb interstitial. All right, sir. Uh, interstitial numero uno. Um, hmm, there's a tempting fashion topic here, Adam, but I feel like I have to ask about the number one bit. Okay. Yeah, so uh, so Breaking Bad. So I had tried to watch this years ago. Wait, hold on. this isn't a rewatch. This is like Adam just discovers Breaking Bad's a good show. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Continue. Continue. <laughs> I tried to I tried to watch it years ago, and I like I couldn't even get past like the first episode. I was like, this is just I don't care about any of this at all. Um, but recently, like like I was just flicking through Netflix. Uh, and my cousin was over and her boyfriend was like, oh yeah, that was, that was a good show. And I was like, eh, I never watched it. And he was like, um, okay, whatever. Uh-huh. 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 Um, so my wife and I started watching it, uh, and we are most of the way through season two now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good show. Yeah. It turns out, uh, one of the most critically acclaimed shows of the last decade. Really good. Now, I will say, there are some things that I have critiques about it. Yes. So, listen, I I famously, I think, threw something at the wall for, I'll just warn you, episode 10 of season three is called The Fly. Uh-huh. 
that one low point in the series for me but everything else was really good okay so i would say that there's a there's a couple things that that stand out to me the so this is nothing against like the the acting or the the directing or you know like cinematography like those things seem to generally be on point right yes um there is a storytelling device that is used too often for my liking which is the uh the cold open is the end of the story of that episode Mm -hmm. uh they use that way too often uh season two was that the like the i don't know the the airplane not the Season two opens with a pink teddy bear a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, they do lean on some shit, right? Like, I don't, right. I don't know that the perfect season of television exists. Even no, though, no. I mean, my love for Ted Lasso notwithstanding. However, like Breaking Bad, I think is very good at a lot of things it does. Um, it's a great, I don't know, it's a great examination of like just villainy in general. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's also like a good a good example of the, like the you know one bad day kind yep. of scenario you know what what was um oh, what was that movie with michael douglas falling down falling down yeah falling down or like uh the killing joke or something like that where it's like or you know joker where like you see someone's mental descent which like i i do i, I think that they do a good job of that i will say that they kind of fail in the full justification for that. Like he's got these rich friends who are very willing to pay for things. And like, he could just, you know, I don't know, communicate no, that's with the, his wife. That's the and point. Stuff like that. That's right. the whole point. <laughs> the, literally the whole point, right? Like that's why I, you scream at the, the screen. Like that is the flaw. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Man. Yeah. Like he's a horrible person. Yeah. Like, yes. Okay. Yeah, we're, like Walter White, not redeemable, and I, even though he does do some things at the very end that are at least decent, not right. a good person. Hundred percent exploration of bad person. It keeps okay. getting worse right. and worse. All right. Yeah. So anyway, like, but yes, I am enjoying it. But uh, yeah, it, it has it has some some failings to it. The two of them are fantastic, and most of the acting is very good. I would oh say God, yeah. primarily yeah. the two of them. Yeah, but I mean, as you get farther into the series, you know, when like uh, Bob Odenkirk shows up a lot more and a few other yeah, characters. Yeah, he's only been in it a little bit. Uh, Badger has only been in a couple episodes, which I, I don't know Badger. what the obsession. Yeah, okay, I fucking so I don't get Badger. the obsession with Badger. You have to just keep on going with Badger, man. You know, I just, I'm just saying, like, that's a slow burn. Yeah, it happens. the guy and, who played Tuco uh, was an amazing actor, like. Yeah, and I can't remember that character actor's name. He's been in a million things I really love, too. Oh, has he really? Yeah. Yeah, um, he's just one of those faces, right? He kind of shows yeah. up. Um, but yeah, so, so anyway, I mean, like a lot of very good acting. Um, yeah, I, I think that some of the writing feels slightly lazy to me sometimes. But other than that, I mean, yes, this is a very good show. I, I will say, I, I can't agree with the lazy writing thing. There are a few filler episodes. Again, right. most notably, like The Fly. Which is directed okay. by Ryan Johnson, which boggles my fucking mind. But anyway, oh, yeah. um, there are really, really good parts. And that's one of the few shows that I think picks up steam as it goes. Right. It actually gets better. And one of the very few shows I can say definitively nailed the landing. Like, right. ending, okay. of, that, ending okay. of that whole thing, 100% worth it. Super great. Like, definitely nailed it. 
So and it's only five seasons, right? Yeah, it's only five seasons, so you're not really in it for for all that much. If yeah, you yeah. want to, there's the like the follow up episode. You will probably right. want to because it's kind of like the Jesse Coda, and okay, it, it it's worth it. But you have to get through all the rest. So right, yeah. right, all right. Well, I am looking forward to. It. I want to hear uh, more of your your takes when you get farther into the series. Yeah, Again, yeah, we'll see. Very, very good. Community. In community this week, ladies and gents, Adam. Oh, oh yeah. for the love of God, did I, did I lose Adam? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the rest of the sentence. Oh, okay. Well, I just, I don't know. I, I figured I'd get at least like a yay or there or nothing. That's all right. I didn't want to cut you off and make you feel bad. I, I get you. But speaking of, Adam, should you avoid feel-bads in games? Things that you will do that you know intentionally will make the game less enjoyable for people. Adam, right. you are a person who notably puts stasis in your decks. Yes. Consciously. Yes. This this seems like a revelation you might have come to earlier in your magic career. Well, so, I mean... Expo- give us the backstory and then we can, you know, discuss yeah, it. Yeah, okay. So, 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 obviously, with everything that's gone on the last few years, uh, and, and in addition personal life schedule, you know, things like that. I have not played much magic as in barely any, uh, in the last couple of years. And so I went to an LGS the other day, uh, which is my normal comic book store, but they do a pretty decent size, uh, FNM. Um, and I was like, Oh, maybe I'll go. Let me see if I have anything that's already built because I was also reorganizing my room and, you know, look mm-hmm. through my magic stuff. And so I did have a deck that was already built and it was my Druid deck. That's it. That's all I had. So like, I didn't, I, I couldn't like, you know, ask a pod, like how new they were or anything like that. And, and, and adapt to that. Like, uh, it's the deck that I had. And, and I played in two pods. Um, the first one was um, two fairly new players, one grinder, and me. Could could you elaborate on the grinder? Like a oh, so like an F and M grinder, like somebody who like you know goes pays for F and M, like wins packs because they're capable of it pretty mm-hmm. much every week, and that's cheaper than buying packs. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, and that person had a, it, it almost became a two separate one V ones because the two new newer players like really like were were struggling with, I mean, when I say newer, like struggling with how attack phases went or combat phases went and things, things like that. Oh, you know? so like pretty, pretty new. Right. Like somebody who like, one person conflated mana with lands, you know, so they like used a cultivate to get a soul ring kind of thing, gotcha, like, you know, gotcha. stuff like that. Um, right. So, so they were kind of having their own game where the two of them were playing against each other um, because they were just swinging and like, you know, the, the other two of us had defenses. Me and the grinder were kind of having our own game, which was more or less who could combo off first. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and we would just inform the other players that we had won at that point, I guess. <laughs> um, and that person was actually playing. And so I, so I take it back a little bit. 
um, that person was playing a Dungeons deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Glass Cannony, but uh, if left to its own devices, was very, very strong. Um, so anyway, and I was playing Druids. Yeah. So mine didn't necessarily fire because I like there were a couple board wipes and, and things like that. Um, but I did during that game play a guilty farts druid which is in there for a very specific reason and it says tap seven untapped druids you control gain control of all lands target player controls Fuck yeah steal them lands right so i stole the the other combo players lands yeah um they weren't really worried about it because they had plenty of artifact mana and other things that were already going on treasure tokens and stuff so it, it didn't really hinder them too much uh-huh um but the game had kind of gotten ridiculous at that point. You know, so uh, anyway, like people started to scoop just because like another round was beginning because they do EDH and kind of rounds there. And we were like, yeah, this is just going to be, you know, insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and as I usually do, like I try to be good to the new players and like I let one of them borrow a mat and I was like, here, just keep the play mat. Like I don't I have like 80 of them. There's mm-hmm. no reason for me to have that. There you go. That's nice. Yeah. So then, so we went to go start another game uh, with all people who had very established decks. Like th- these were people who, you know, knew what they were doing. Um, and we played a 2v2v2. And I played the Druid deck again. And so I had already been board wiped, Creeping Renaissance, and brought everything back. And then I Alorand. And had Guilt Leaf Arch Druid and um, uh, the thing that allows you Seedborn Muse. Mm-hmm. So in one round, I could just take everybody's lands. Yep. Uh, and then I did that. It was like another round where I didn't have anything that I could do to win. Then eventually I ended up doing what I'm supposed to do with the deck, which is alluring Guilt Leaf Arch Druid, and every time you play a Druid spell, you draw a card off Guilt Leaf Arch Druid, so I basically drew my entire deck. Mm-hmm. And then played and won. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, it hadn't been a long time that, I, that I've played. Kind of, you know, I was, I was shooting for a win, let's be honest, like, you know. Yeah, you get back in the saddle, you know, you gotta bust the, the dust off the boots. Uh-huh. Right, right. But I mean... This was also like for that group, most of them like left the store after that just because, you know, it got late and, you know, like they're adults with with real lives and and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so that was their game of magic for the week. (laughs) Yeah. So they sat down at a table with somebody who was on a team that didn't really interact with their team member that just stole everybody's lands. Uh Uh-huh. So I I felt a little dirty afterwards. <laughs> Probably should. I mean, I think that uh, you have the correct emotional response there. Okay. Right. <laughs> um. But I mean, let's get into it. Like, should you have done the other thing? I guess. So theory crafted out. Like, should you have sandbagged the guilty fart druid? And not? Well, that's the thing. Like, I the the card is so critical in that deck for the draw. And I have recycle in the deck for the exact same reason. Like mm-hmm. once you get like an engine going, like you can just draw most of your deck and do all kinds of silly things. Yeah. I just didn't have it quite there yet. 
And so I ended up pushing forward with playing that card out and doing the other thing that it does because it's very easy to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I wonder if I should just sandbag that and only use it as the draw engine and just ignore that. Because, I mean, I've done that before to like my normal play group that I used to play with all the time. And I would only do that like once. Like, hey, here's what it can do. And everybody's like, we get it. <laughs> you know, never want to play against that again. And then you could just play it the normal way after that. Mm. But in unknown settings, I feel like I should have just sandbagged. At which point I probably would have lost, by the way. Yeah, see, I don't I don't know, man. I think all of us have been in, if you played the game long enough, you've all been in that situation where you come across this play, which is very powerful, but might not end the game, but will definitely ruin the game for other people who either are not on your level, you know they don't have a response, you know they probably haven't seen, especially people who are like struggling with like the mana versus lands distinction. Like, all right, right. So we're, we're talking about number of games of Magic you have played, and probably you can count on your hands, right? Right. So, yeah. Crushing those people is, to me, that, and that's why I didn't steal their land. Because, like, crushing those people is just, I mean, that's just some level of cruelty. You, you are pushing, like, a little kid off the playground at that point. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. like these people are trying to get into a game. They're treating it as a game. Like, mm. it's not, like, they they need to have a fun experience, at least for their first few games. Like <laughs> not not a horribly broken what the fuck was that experience? Right, yeah. right. Oh, you, just take my word for it that all these cards I'm playing with do things you've never heard of. <laughs> just uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. And again, like if you've never seen it before, or worse yet, I think if you play like a corner case, like it, it, it like bends some of the rules of magic or it's not an intuitive rule, you know? Oh yeah, where you're like where you have to like take the time to explain layers to people like oh no trust me in the rule book it says this <laughs> but you're never going to interact with this shit again yeah yeah that's that's harsh so like this one at least it's printed on a card it, it does a thing it's a very powerful ability but you're just like damn that card damn. right and the funny thing is now i bet those people have this like out because this happened to me when i was first playing right you have this outsized sense of how powerful and 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 popular that card is like now the next time they see guilt leaf arch they're gonna be like motherfucker oh my god right right you know all the removal it's gonna be like that scene <laughs> in the in the star wars movie where they're firing on luke mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah which might not be the correct response for the guilt leaf arch druid right right it, no it, it's absolutely not i mean it is a powerful card like i would i would suggest it, it is, it. yeah know, it's, like, a, it's a good card all the pieces in my deck that's probably one to remove but then know? you also have to be playing druids so oh right i mean yeah the, yeah. the rest of the deck is trash well it was funny too because my partner he was like he even he said to the table like I showed him my opening hand and it was like Sylvan Library and like Cradle and <laughs> so, like all like and he was like I don't know you know your deck and he said this is it he's like you know your deck and I don't and I am seeing some of the best green cards in the game and a whole bunch of trash I've never seen before and I was like yeah yeah that's the deck that 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 is that is the deck you have correctly interpreted the deck yeah yeah that's tough I don't. I like to say I don't sandbag, right? Um, right? But at the same time, I don't know, if I was in a game like that and, you know, because I have been in games where, you know, some new new guy 
I don't know, saunters up to the table, but I know a person across the table. You know what I mean? Like, I know another person I've played with them before. I will right. probably direct most of my hate against that person. Um, right, right. But at the same time, like, I don't know. If I had the chance to win, I almost feel bad if I don't take it, you know? And they, I'm not yeah, saying I, I've never I, I done that, but I'm just I saying... I you sandbag your entire strategy, right? Like, yeah. like I mean, yeah, If if I have three things to swing with, you know, and two people are open, I'm probably going to go one over here and two over here, mm-hmm. you know, where one goes to the, the rookie player and two go to the person who I'm actually threatened by, you know, like, yeah, I, I think that there's, there's room for reasonable bias, but the other person is in the game. They do have to realize that interaction with them can happen as well. Also, you know? Yep. Which is why I don't really like the sandbagging bit. Yeah. Right, but sandbagging, sandbagging an effect that that you could avoid, and really <laughs> just makes everybody feel bad. Now, I, I mean, again, like if if your deck, if the entire point of my deck was to do that, then that's that's one thing, and I f- feel like that's a conversation you can have ahead of time. Like, I can absolutely like tell everybody, like, hey, I'm playing stasis now. This is what my deck does. You yeah. should you should fear that. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. you know, yeah. I feel like that's a reasonable thing to do because I'm letting everybody know, hey, if you have a removal, that's probably a target. <laughs> yeah. And I also feel like having a good range of decks, like I don't know how many decks you brought with you. I would imagine most of your decks are pretty powerful, though. So, yeah, I mean, I only brought the one. That's that's why it's the only thing yeah. I had built. I, w- I absolutely like. I would have switched out decks in in my second game if you know if i had something else and i do i like i need to build some more some more decks if i you know plan to continue going to lgs <laughs> so i gotta i gotta figure out something to yeah to like just to have them on on hand right you know right exactly like you know because i don't i don't mind sitting down with like some noobs and like like i think i might take apart druids and build masamaro again just because at least that's like much more grokkable. Yeah. I'm going to make this dude big and I'm going to swing at people with it. Yeah, right? Like that and that's a thing. And, and right. I don't know. There are there are times and, when I mean that that tight that rule zero conversation happens. Like I love playing my dumb allies deck. There right. is an infinite combo in that deck. That's not yeah. actually all that hard to pull off. So I'll tell people I'm like, "Look, I'm not going to tell you what the the combo is, but you're probably going to see it when it comes out." And right. like I would probably do like I don't need that to win, but like the game's going to, the game's going to enter an unwinnable state for everybody else. Right. You know, so just throw that out there. And like, I don't have that many decks that are, that are like that. There are times when like, if people want to play a more high powered deck, I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, I'll bring out X, Y, and Z. But right. if I'm just doing like, Hey, here's my, here's my Rakdos Olivia Foldaren vampires deck that I don't think has literally ever won a game. Right. You know? I think that's also, that's also good to bring too. Like I like having one of those in the back pocket where I'm yeah. like, this is my overcosted tribal deck. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll tell you this, like when I sat down with two noobs, I've highly considered buying a pre-con shuffling it up and playing. And honestly, I think that can be really fun too. You know, you know because like, because theirs are like slightly tweaked, like from their friends, like bulk, you yeah, know, versions yeah. of pre-cons. So I was like, okay, like if that's the power level, like I should just be playing a pre-con here. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I think it it just it is incumbent upon you. I think we've said this a million times, right? To just talk about it ahead of time. Also, like 
maybe talk about what you're particularly for new players i like to talk about what my deck does you know like right. i remember the last time this came up i was playing my Dun, the one-eyed deck i love that fucking card i love that deck but yeah. like just throwing out that commander people are like what the fuck and i'm like right <laughs> oh yeah, okay, well, let me explain this is kind of how it works right because you look at it and you're like that doesn't seem very powerful and i'm like eh, okay like well this is what the deck does like you should right. not let me have a graveyard um right. <laughs> and you have graveyard removal yeah no? you, you, okay you well this do is that. gonna go poorly for you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know like throwing it out there I'm like look i do it for all the degenerate combos in black i like playing mono yeah. black and like this is my degenerate combo deck so if you see half of a combo that you know or even a card if you see a card that looks weird probably kill it so right. <laughs> have you never heard of this card yeah. Well, th- there's a 50-50 shot that it's either just jank that I like for no reason or it's going to win the game. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, Tatterkite is kind of a really good card in that deck. Like, right. So, exactly. You know, Words just like that. Words. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, eh, I don't know about this. You know, but there are other times where I'm just like, hey, man, it's my Lortho Sea Creatures deck. Let's get there. You know? Like, right. Yeah, right. it can, it can yeah, do dumb things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But... Like, I, I, I need to, to build. I either need to build some middle-of-the-road stuff or i need to honestly like if, if i plan on like playing with new new players which which i enjoy doing and i enjoy teaching new players too yeah i honestly should just buy four pre-cons and sleeve them up and just have those and be like hey you want to learn yeah it totally works like that right so yeah um i think this also does play well into our into our next segments talking about like dumb cards because like i like to do that with my gabriel angel fire deck so nice. <laughs> that's that's a really good one you know, I mean, where else am I going to play a craw worm, honestly? So, but anyway, ladies and gents, uh, if you guys have thoughts about that, let us know. I feel like this is a conversation we we circle around quite a bit in in Commander in general, but I, I do yeah. think that like it's a good thing to bring up, particularly because now there's probably more new players in this format than ever before. So yeah, it's a good thing to come back to. Anyway, speaking of coming back to, we will come back to some Legends Reborn Commanders and Strategy, so stick with us with Dumb Interstitial, and we will get back to the three cards we probably definitely should have talked about last week. Yeah. interstitial numero duo i i can't stop playing elden ring again yeah i can't I yeah just, I, so uh i don't i just i don't know why i don't like i put 200 fucking hours in that game and i'm just like well i'll go back for some more so, <laughs> so but this is round two like you like you, this is you, round two i mean technically like 2.5 because i did new game plus on my original character for a while oh, okay i got okay. all the way through ranala and like ab- about halfway through the game and i'm like ah i'm, I'm steamrolling this game like there, there right, really was right. no challenge so, so I'm you, like, the first time you played a caster correct i did i went uh i mostly went like moonvale so it was in it was a dexterity intelligence. I was okay, a caster, okay. but I also like Moonvale was the thing I leaned on, and then I leaned on like the uh, um, the Moonlight Greatsword or the Dark. Okay, so here's what I'm hoping you did this yeah. time. I'm hoping you did Faith Strength build. I, I absolutely did a Faith Strength. Yes. Build. Yes. How is that? Uh, that is it? that is amazing. That is so much like fun. some of the first like beefy weapons you get are faith based, right? 
yes, and like and mine is mostly strength. So like now I'm okay. a little. Bef- I'm like at level ninety something. I've gotten through. Like I just beat Radon last night. Uh, okay. So I I went. I made a beeline for the big ass fucking guts sword. You know the, the great yeah. sword. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I made uh, a beeline for that, and I just upgraded the shit out of it. Um, I have a couple other weapons. Like I love me a, a giant hammer. In this game, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I haven't gotten the colossalist hammer ever. Oh yeah, I remember seeing that one. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I got the brick hammer, which is literally just a brick with a fucking, I don't like a broom pole attached to it. I just pancake people with that. That's fun. But I what I use the finger, the giant finger. The the finger I'm I'm getting towards, but I I went faith strength, and I mostly do a, a fire infusion. Okay, yeah. Which cool. seems like it wouldn't be all that powerful because like the scaling's not that much. But what I realized were there are certain enemies in this game that bug the shit out of me uh, first time around, which are very weak to fire. So right. specifically, like you know the giant hands, um, so like yes. the giant hands in Kario, which were f- so fucking annoying to me before because yeah. I was a magic build, so obviously they were resistant. It took me way over, you know. Now, if you just have fire affinity anywhere, or or somehow throw a pot at them they writhe around on the ground like it, oh, it yeah. go crazy if they have any kind of fire touch them so it makes them right. way easier also i've learned that flame of the red mains is the most broken weapon art on the fucking planet this means nothing to people who aren't playing elden ring and right. i apologize <laughs> um but flame of the red mains will literally stagger any boss in two hits really like and it is is relatively pretty quick like I'll, I'll put it this way like i'm level i think i was level like 80 something when I when I touched this, which is pretty high, right? But yeah. like I was playing the Godskin I was going against the Godskin Apostle, which is a okay. late game boss, the bottom of Caleb. Pain in the ass. Uses a bunch of really annoying uh, you know, like black fire effects which drain your HP over time. Yeah. Uh he never got to use it on me because I nice. would just hit him twice with Flame of the Red Mains, he would crumple, I would smack him. Hit, rinse, repeat, and just keep going. The only kicker on that was every once in a while I have to back up to like refill my FP because I didn't really have a lot of mind stat. You know, I didn't have a lot of mana. Right, right. Uh, and then just go back and smack him. Go back, smack him. I mean, just yeah. It, add right. rinse, repeat. Um, the magma worm scale sword is amazing. Like that's the one that just leaves. Oh like, yeah, yeah. That's so much fucking fun. Um, riding around on the horse with a giant sword. You just the fact that you can just like leave it off to the side. You know, as you're as you wind uh-huh, up for a big uh, one, like an L two and R two. Yeah. Oh my god, it's just so much fun. You just run around the the landscape and just pancake shit. It's yeah. um, it's amazing and it is uh, incredibly fun and I'm having a lot of fun. And the thing I also learned is that the fre- the flame frenzy spells. There's one that like you shoot craziness from your eyes. Literally, you shoot madness from your eyes. Oh, really? That one hits from like across the map. It nice. might be the like Loretta's great bow range. Like it is <laughs> ridiculous. And like yeah, it builds up a little madness on you, but who cares? And it it also scales off of faith but like it must scale bananas off of faith so like right. across the map i do like 700 damage to something in the distance like i just i'm glad you went with because there, there were so few people that i saw using like the uh like the stuff from the dragon shrines or whatever they are mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. things like that like everybody was going either like just straight like strength or they were going intelligence dexterity like, yeah. I didn't see anybody who was going in the like hard faith direction. I mean, it, it is. I mean, the dex fate, the dex intelligence builds are so much fun. Um, oh yeah, I mean, like, they were, like yeah, they were yeah. awesome. But. Yeah, and like I never used a. Sh- it's weird. Like my whole first playthrough, I never used a shield. 
Right. Um, because I was just I, I was used to it for a while. It's not whatever. I've played these games for long enough. I know how to dodge roll. That's not a big yeah. deal. Um, but this time, I'm the shields you, are good though. I might not be able to go back to old Dark Souls games with the shield because now that guard counter is so much yeah, fun. It's very good. So yeah. much fucking fun. Like oh my god, and the fact that like you have to be careful because the enemies can dodge and guard counter you too. Like yeah. Man, it's oh, I might not be able to go back. Like, yeah, but I don't think I'll need to because there's a bajillion. They haven't even gotten to DLC yet, so I I don't even know that that game is the game that keeps on giving, and I'm having just as much fun. I feel I feel like I'm just as like into it now as I was my first time through. It's just that now I know where everything is, so it, it obviously is. I'm probably at the same spot I was 100 hours in. I am 40 hours in. You know what I mean? Like, it condenses it. I know where to go. I know not right. to fuck with the lobsters. Fuck those lobsters. Oh, yeah. Those lobsters are a bit... I don't sure. I don't really fuck with bears either because most of the bears in the game... Like, I yeah. Thought, yeah. yeah like, that, that's also the problem with those. I don't mind if you fuck with a big enemy, but it gives you some shit. You know? Like, the gargoyles... Oh, yeah, they don't really give you anything. The only good thing that comes from them is they'll break open the statues and stuff. Yeah, and like once they've done that, I'm like, I don't even need to fight you for that. I just need to aggro you. you right, know? exactly. And the lobsters are extra fucking bullshit. Like the lobsters yeah. do not. I just sneak past lobsters. There's no reason for you to ever fight a lobster in this game. Um, and they're also fucking snipers with their fucking spit. It it's so right. annoying. Yeah, but anyway, Elden Ring turns out, I don't know, best game of the year is still best. Game I was of gonna the say year. like, uh, I I <laughs> think that? like in summary, you like Elden Ring. I think so. I think like the nearly 300 hours I put into that game and, and probably will spend much more. I know we'll spend much more. Um, yeah, it probably says something about how much I enjoy it. So just throwing that out there. Strategy. In strategy this week, ladies and gents. Hey, Adam. Yo. Hey, uh, you know those uh, commanders that we didn't talk about last week? Uh, yes. Yeah, we're going to talk about them this week. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know the thing we probably should have done last week that we didn't do? Uh, turns out we're going to do it right now uh, because those Legends Reborn commanders, which I keep calling Legends Reborn. I think that just came from the, the Mothership article. These are really... Okay. The, the the spoilers we have so far from Dominaria United Commander. So that's why I suppose the, the thing I should say because that will actually lead you to find these things. There are three cards. Not a whole ton. And uh, if you want a more in-depth, like, deep dive on these, because we're going to talk about them in general. We're going to talk about some of the, the strategies you could use. Man, check out Benny Smith's uh, How Domin Dominaria United's Legends Retold Can Lead Commander Magic Decks. Check out that article. Because, I mean, first of all, I love me a Benny Smith and pretty much yep. anything that dude ever writes. But also, he goes, like, super deep on these, like, gives you a lot of really cool cards, and then throws up his deck lists for each, all three of them. Right. Um, so go go for it. Like, Benny Smith is, like, my spirit animal. I think I've said that before. Like, that dude really knows how to build a really cool deck. So. Yeah. Um, let us talk about these three cards we've gotten so far. They're all uncommon, which is a nice, like, little appetite wetter like i kind of right. like that when they do that like ooh, of these three are just uncommons oh my god right so anyway uh jasmine boreal of the seven i feel like we should read the initial card too so that people oh yeah to... go for it all right so what's og jasmine so og jasmine boreal is uh a four five legendary creature human 
for three, a green and a white. Mm. That's the end of my story. <laughs> yeah. As it turns out, um, vanilla creatures and commander, probably not worth your time. Yeah. It's, eh, probably. So the new version, however, Jasmine Boreal the seven, one colorless, a green and a white human druid. Uh, it's a two, four with a tap ability. So you can tap to add green and a white, spend this mana only to cast creature spells with no abilities, and creatures you control with no abilities can't be blocked by creatures with abilities. Uh, so neat. Yeah, that's what my thought was too. I was like, ah, this is a little too niche. Now, I mean, the the good part here is that I feel like you can make this deck pretty cheaply and make it kind of funny too. Like this is the deck where you go and you pull out your crawl worm and your scale worm and stuff like that. Yeah, buddy. I mean, uh, you want bears dot deck, right? Like this is in the same flavor as uh Ruxa patient professor, which was the dude from, um, okay. What was the Harry Potter set? Uh, Strixhaven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that one, uh, like creatures, no abilities get plus one plus one or like the Merganda Petroglyphs. Creatures, no abilities, get plus two, plus two. Right, exactly. Uh, like, that, that's what those. these are. And then the cute point here is that you can play the original Jasmine Boreal in it. Yeah. Because it has no abilities. Um, yeah, I mean, I would actually consider building this as as like kind of a low-power deck, right? Because you could you can play like the support cards and stuff like that, but, you know, that are powerful. Like, But in general, like, you're going to have a whole bunch of derpy creatures that don't do much. You are. In uh, in Benny's article, like he has a, a great list of like really dumb yeah. old creatures. Like your craw crawworms, your grizzly bears, etc. Right. My favorite of the picks is always going to be Gigantosaurus. Like the five mana 10-10. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, I'm a I'm a leatherback Baloth fan. Oh, okay. You got, you got that. All right. I would go for like an old school, maybe like an Isamaru. Uh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Get your little one drop and then get something else to, to do with it. So, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, there are... This is the hipster pick, right? Right. Th this is definitely the hipster pick. I think you could just have fun spicing in a bunch of dumb things. Actually, I think your Jasmine Boreal deck is the answer to our community segment this week. So... Yeah. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, f I feel like I just do that. Like, and I actually kind of want to get, like, the original legends of the uh, the ones that he lists here, the... Sir Chandelar of Eberin and stuff like that because oh, like God. I'm looking at them and like alright that's a $4 card from Legends and the other one Torsten Von Ursus is a $7 card from Legends like sure yeah well, we, we could do that yeah yeah. this commander I think would be good, would be rife for just putting dumb shit from Chronicles in so Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just saying, we got segues on top of segues this week. Right. Uh, next one, let's do some Ramirez Di Pietro. Yeah, so uh, he's going through a few iterations at this point. We've got uh, the original Ramirez Di Pietro. It's uh, three black, black, and a blue for a 4-3. Uh, and I am looking at it on this article, so I don't have the actual he's, he's verbiage a, he is a four three with first strike he's a four three with first strike but i don't have his his type he's like oh he's know, a human pirate human pirate yeah, yeah okay so. uh and then you've got ghost of ramirez uh di pietro which came out a couple years ago 
to two and a blue for a two three spirit pirate. Ghost of Ramirez Di Pietro can't be blocked by creatures with toughness three or greater. And whenever Ghost of Ramirez Di Pietro deals combat damage to a player, choose up to one target card in a graveyard that was discarded or put there from the library this turn. Put that card into its owner's hand and it has partner. A lot going on on that one. And then our newest iteration, which is Ramirez de Pietro Pillager, is a 4-3 human pirate for two, a black, and a blue. And it says, uh, whenever he enters the battlefield, you lose two life and create two treasure tokens. I am already on board. Uh, and whenever one or more pirates you control deal combat damage to a player, exile the top card of that player's library. You may cast the card for as long as it remains exiled. I think this is like... I don't know why it took so long to get the flavor of pirates right. <laughs> yeah, right? But I think third time's a charm. Right, this literally like... He comes into play, you get treasure, got it, and you get to pillage people. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Turns out first strike wasn't getting you there. So yeah. <laughs> you didn't read that into first strike. I didn't. I didn't actually. So no, sad, Crazy. sad but true. Crazy. Um, yeah, this is great, right? This is this is a fun pirate deck. This is kind of yeah. like what I wanted out of a pirate deck. You know, before yes. like many other pirate commanders hmm, didn't quite get there on the flavor side, right? True and, story. And this one, I think, it also works well with just demure shenanigans, like. Yep. You could do goofy stuff with like ninjutsu with this if you wanted to, you know. Sure. I'm sure there's a ninja pirate out there somewhere, um, or just goofy things with like changing um, creature cards or just ev- evasive pirates in general. Like right. you only get the trigger once for combat damage, right? So it's not over. It's not crazy, you know. It's pillaging. It's not destroying. It's not rampaging. Um, and I love the the lose two life and create your treasure tokens. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like there are there are really cool things that you could do with this. Uh, again, in Benny's article, there are a ton of goofy uh, pirates that you could throw out there. The yep. exiling opponent's cards things, if you want to go that that route, is pretty cool. Like, I just picked up that version of uh, whatever the Mind Flayer was. Uh, like, the oh, magic yeah. version of the Mind Flayer. Yeah. Arvanox. Uh, which is cool. So that's like an excuse to go play that card. But also, I don't know if Umbris isn't all the money. Like that would be a fun card to put in there too. Yeah. So who knows? It's uh, it's rife with cool things. Also, listen, if you're playing at a table and you just want to do the revel and riches thing, I think that's a, a flavorful way to win in pirates. Yeah. So, uh, next one, Tor Wayuki, the younger. Does that mean the OG one is the older, or was he just always the younger? Oh, that's interesting. I don't know, because the original one didn't have flavor text either. So. <laughs> that's true. I don't know. So OG Torawayuki is two carless, two black, and a red. It's a human archer. Uh, you may tap Torawayuki to deal two damage to target attacking or blocking creature. That's. I think that was probably impressive back in the day. It's not bad. I mean, it's not a horrible ability. It's bad for five. But <laughs> It is bad for five, but they, we're talking like 1994. Right, on right. Curve, right. So 1994, also not good, but yeah, whatever. Uh, so new Torawayuki, the younger. Three Carlos, red and a black. The human archer, 3-3, three, three, with reach and lifelink. And if another source you control would deal non-combat damage to a player or, or permanent... 
it deals that much damage plus one to that permanent or player instead. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, Tora Wayuki the Younger deals two damage to any target. Now, this is dumb, but I just want to make sure I'm getting it right. Like, the lifelink counts for all of those, right? Yeah. All the time, yeah. Tora Wayuki the Younger deals two damage to any target. All right, so th that's not that's not nothing. Like, lifelink in Rakdos is... I was thinking the pretty same good. thing. I was like, lifelink reach in Rakdos is pretty pretty okay. Yeah. Um, I also, I mean, it's like almost Tor Brandy. Like, I like this quite a bit. Yes, it is. Uh, it is the. It has the the Tor Brand thing, but it also branches out a little bit from Tor Brand. But I could play right? Pestilence and Pyrohemia. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else do you want? Pestilence, and Pyrohemia, Willow of the Wisps, or whatever the or Whispers of the Undead, whatever that other pseudo uh pestilence card is oh sure yeah yeah i mean i like how benny has has put in like goblin bombardment and blasting station and goofy shit like that sure you yeah, know yeah. like that's really cool um gives you another thing to do with court of ire um there's just i don't know there's endless cool shit and also i mean if you want to you can just lean back on the death touch right so you know Pinging, pinging little dudes every time you you play a non uh, instant or sorcery, like that's a that's a nice way to just like trim out somebody's yard. Like, yeah, like, this is another one that I would definitely consider playing. It's so good for a for an uncommon, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I think it. If you wanted to play a different version of what's the partner card that deals random damage off the top? Oh, uh, oh, the goblin dude. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about, though. Somebody, Bottle Rocket or something like that. Like, Bottle he's Rocket. Got some, he's got some kind of crazy name. Man. Bottle Rocket, the Rakdos partner card. Um, yeah, if you don't want to play Bottle Rocket, which is now that's all it's going to be. That's so fucking good. Oh, my God. Um, so if you don't want to play Bottle Rocket, go with Toriyuki. And this one I like, too, because it's it's not random, right? You can play around it, even though you could play around the other one, too. But Right. Like, this one's just doing so many things, right? And actually, the, the lifelink really does put it over in Rakdos because you know you're going to be doing some Bernie crap. And oh playing, yeah, 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 playing I mean, casually with your uh, with your life total. Very yeah, cool. he he definitely goes in a, a couple different directions um, because you could go like very spell slingery because that triggers off of every time you cast an instant or sorcery. So now, okay, one more rules question on him, right? Yeah, the first sentence means that. He really does three damage, right? So if a, if an oh no, it's another source. Okay, never mind. It doesn't apply to him. If another source you control would deal non-combat damage, yes, it deals that much damage. So Torayuki's only ever going to do the two damage, right? But you, there's nothing that stops you from playing like Torbran in this. That's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because he's a red source or other like you know damage amplifiers kind of thing. Yeah. Or, it, I mean, he just amplifies Pyrohemia, right? And, right, right. And, and Pestilence and all the rest. So, like, right. that just makes it better. I mean, one of the best parts of Pyrohemia in Torbrand is now it does three. But, like, doing two to everything, that's a right. Bit. And then also Torwayuki, I think, survives that. Yeah, because he's a 3-3. Three, three. So, yeah, he survives a single ab activation, yeah. Yeah, which is really good because, like, Torbrand doesn't. Right. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, uh, it is Vile Smasher, by the way. I Bottle Rocket. I think it's, it's the way we're, we're going with that. Bottle Rocket is, is definitely it. Um, that's amazing. So not only have we coined a, a new term for an old partner, uh, we have got a really cool new card. I'm looking forward to seeing what else they stuff into that Dominar United commander around Toro Wayuki. But yeah. so far, like, 
they've kind of hit it out of the park with just those three for me. Yeah, I mean, I like all three. Like, Ramirez is probably the one that I am the least interested to personally play. Uh, but I think that all three are very, like, serviceable cards. Like, they they have their niches. I don't think that they're overly powerful. Just, I mean, honestly, like, Torwaiki just loses some cred because he's Rakdos. Like... Oh, I, you know, I think it's the other way. For me, I think Jasmine Boreal... Is the one that everyone's gonna sleep on, but I think she's secretly pretty strong because, especially like giving unblockable, it's essentially unblockable in Commander because no one plays vanilla creatures. Right? right, right. So essentially, you have given them unblockable, unless unless it's like tokens. So, you know. But anyway, I don't know, man. Good cards are good. Yes, yeah, this is good. Agreed. It if for all those you're wondering why we didn't talk about it last week, it's because these guys deserve their own little segment. So. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have thoughts on this, or if there's other ones, like again, like last week, you talk about you know all the cards that we wanted to see get a new retool, etc. I'm sure there's a, they can't just have these three, right? Like we haven't even talked about the top. No, of the deck I so assume far. that they. I I mean honestly, I assume that they probably did most of the ones that they missed in the last visit to Dominaria. Like basically the ones that they haven't done yet. I would assume we're getting most of those. Yeah. So uh, keep at it. Let's go there, bud. You know, all you, you vanilla and French vanilla commanders from Legends, yeah, come, yeah, we're coming for you. So, with that, uh, let's move on through a dumb interstitial. Uh, also, do check out that Benny Smith article that we like liberally cribbed from. Um, but that that article is really great. And if you want um, another deep dive, like go into that one. That links in the show notes. Yep. Uh, technology. Alrighty, sir. Um, the fashion, I don't know, conundrum? Is this controversy? Yeah. What are we what are we going with this? Okay, yeah. so like I feel like and I mean look, it's late in life for me to come to this revelation, mm. but I feel like I finally know what like my my personal like fashion choice should be of how I like dress on a on a regular basis. Yeah. And it's pretty much going to be like concert tees or generic tees and like and jeans and or shorts because it's florida yeah um and i've got my docks and or like you know vans or whatever um so like to go with that i was like kind of need a jacket but like i want a jacket that like goes with like so do i get a leather Mm. which is what my wife has by the way she has a leather jacket um but it's a more fashionable like Michael Kors, but it, yeah. it, it's similar to like a motorcycle leather jacket. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, or do I go denim jacket and then go patches? I think you are required by law, at least up here. If you're going to wear a denim jacket, you have to have at least two or three patches. Right. I think that's so a like, law. I actually, I, yeah, I mean, I went to a place yesterday and I saw like a, I mean, they they actually had a surprisingly good collection of patches. Um, there was like a DK patch and like a just the misfit skull patch and a there circle jerks patch yep. and like you know. And then I saw a black flag. But I was like, I was like, oh, I, I told my kid, I was like, I don't like that. And she's like, just roll up your sleeve. 
Okay, I understand. Like, okay, all right, good, good call, kid. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but like, I'm not just trying to like stand it. I'm just trying to like, yeah, you know. um, yeah. So I was like, I was like, that's you know a cool idea. Like, I I like collecting things and you know putting you know and, and like putting patches on things like would be uh, all right, you know. But it just you know, what's the what's the general thought? Like, even if you go leather, like I would probably buy a leather jacket and then like add small because i don't i don't like when there's like giant spikes all over the place or anything but like small rivets and things like that (laughs) okay i didn't realize we were going the rivet route with the jacket i think like empirically if you're just talking about like fashion in general not that i know anything about this i think the leather jacket is the way you go um Mm. if you're you're going to look like i don't know a a put together 40-ish man uh, however, if we're going full on, like diving into the concerts of the past, I think you do have to go jean jacket with the patches yeah. rather than leather jacket with the rivets. The reason why is I think you, you might get confused for, uh, I don't know, like a, um, mediocre biker otherwise, you know, right. And, I, and, you don't I, want and that. that's not where, where I'm at. Yeah. That's that, you, know? you know what? Again, like you don't want to have people assume you own a Harley if you don't own a Harley. Like that's not. I mean, does it help if I wore like suspenders hanging off the back of my pants? Like, would would it help to to separate me out from that group? I think I think it would only help with people who are our age. It's Anyone thirty five and younger is going to give you the hard, strange stare, um, right? And they're not going to understand. Yeah. So it's it, we have officially passed out of that. Um, you know that was uh. Well, cause I'm shooting for like, I, I like this look, but also at the same time, not trying to just look like a relic. <laughs> I think you, I don't know that you can achieve both. I'm, I'm going to throw that out there. I'm like, look, I fully support the, the G yeah. jack with patches. I don't know if you can if pull off the not relic at this point. You might have to just right. lean into the relic, mm. you know? That that's what I would do now. Like when my teenagers constantly say like, oh, that's so old. I'm like, I know I am old. Right, that's true. That's, that's why true. I like things. <laughs> like, so I, I'm just saying, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go one foot into the river, you might as well dive in. Yeah, I know. But do update me on the patches, because I don't know. Yeah, if I go the patches route, I mean, I'm almost leaning toward the leather, just because like I don't need to like curate anything. Like I can mm-hmm. just like wear a leather jacket, and you and you can kind of like dress it up too. Like if you get a you know a nice looking one. Yeah. I don't but know. Maybe I th- not. Maybe that's just a thing women can do. Listen, I think that even just pulling off the jean jacket as a article of fashion that does not qualify you as a relic is only something in women's fashion. Like, yeah, I mean, you might be can, right. You might be right. That is so. That's what I mean. Like, you got to go hard. Like, you know, break out. I mean, and don't stop at just the old punk stuff. Like, break out the Iron Maiden patches. You know, get some. Uh, oh no, 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 there were Metallica and stuff. There, there we go. Too. Yeah. I mean, I have to get like something that's like. I'm probably just going to safety pin on like instead of getting a patch for like misfits or something like I'll probably just get a t-shirt that has the skull on it and just safety pin that in the center of the back. There we go. Yep. It's a classic classic for a reason. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that uh, we can revisit everyone's childhood here. So yeah, that was there are 20 year olds who are just I probably turned off the podcast at this point. So yeah, if I, I know I had him for a little bit with the Elden Ring and then, you know, we dropped off with the jean jacket. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, listen people, jacket. this is what, this is what you get. 
So, I don't know. I, I expect patch update, just like I expect regular sandwich update. Okay. So, all right. All right. Throwing that uh, out there. So, anyway, technology. Patch technology. <laughs> In technology this week, everybody, cards from Chronicles are old... They are white-bordered, but don't discriminate. Just no. Because some are actually worth playing in 2022. Absolutely. And these are the ones that we are going to talk about because they're goofy and they're fun. Um, also, we're going to get a couple off the top that are just gimmies. So, like, you right. don't need us to tell you that Astronaut's Altar is actually still good in 2022, right? Yeah. So, we're just going to read those off the top, and then we'll go through the other ones that I think are less common uh, that you can still pick up for a song out of these for most of the most of the case uh so like ashnod's altars blood moon city of brass concordant crossroads hell's caretaker and then the tron lands the urza's towers the urza's mines etc these cards are just good people yep good cards being what they are you don't need us to tell you to play them however if you're looking for the secret best cards out of chronicles now now you're coming to the right spot yeah so adam secret best cards what do we got sir all right, so first one is Active Volcano. So I know everybody knows Red Elemental Blast, but I feel like we need to bring the the Active Volcanoes back into the world too. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, active Volcano is one red for an instant. It says destroy target blue permanent or return target island to its owner's hand. Uh, I have been rocking the Active Volcano in some deck since literally 1994. Yeah, um, card is good. I mean, Red Elemental Blast is the better version, right? Like, because you can counter something and you can destroy something. But the Active Volcano, like, is is some. I, I love to see these every now and then. I mean, listen. Also, I think I have to correct myself. Chronicles came out in '95, so I was not rocking this since '94. '94. Oh yeah, I almost <laughs> had my street cred re- uh, revoked. Um, but Active Volcano, I think, is just a goofy, fun card. Also. I mean, if you're looking for the red ele- elemental blast effect, right? Like, this is less than, but also, I mean, come on, man. It's, it's a one red instant. Like, it's still going to get you there. So. Yes. And plus, you know, bounce that island. Bounce that island turn one. Say, fuck him. Can I Can I correct you to give you your street cred back? Mm. Um, so, yes, while, while Chronicles came out in 95, this is from Legends. So, you could have been playing it in 94. <laughs> That, that is true, but I definitely own the Legends version. <laughs> so, All right. <laughs> yeah, I 100% own the Legends version. There's, yeah. I mean, I think I do actually have some... I mean, I I bought like a pack or two of, of, Legends. of Legends way back in the day, but I didn't get anything cool out of it. Yeah, I have a, I have a so. decent amount of Legends cards. I don't have much Arabian Nights. I have a couple more Arabian Nights cards. Um, then I have Legends cards. Some of those are actually halfway decent. Not super, not super fancy, yeah. you know, but uh, I don't know. I have like a Suchi, you know, that I busted out of a pack. Oh yeah, nice. That's a great card. Yeah, but that's a that's a weird random card. That's antiquities though, isn't it? Isn't that? Oh, oh yeah, not Arabian. Why do I always get those confused? Why do? Why did I get that confused? Right. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, uh, next card. Uh, speaking of Arabian Nights, uh, yeah. Aladdin. So Aladdin is um, a a goofy old card, which I always wonder why it doesn't get more play. Because I know is, this card is great. Yeah, this card is actually like really dope. Uh, yeah. Two colorless and two red. Uh, it's a he's a human rogue. He got he got uh, 
I don't know, revamped. He got a job. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Also, I love the discrepancy here. Is this a 66 cent card or a $200 card in Arabian Nights? Well, yeah. This is so good. This is like value town, man. Um, Anyway, his ability, because he's just a 1-1, so who cares? But his ability is pay 1 and 2 red to tap and gain control of target artifact for as long as you control Aladdin. Like, dude, steal you some soul rings, man. Get there. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I remember playing this back in the day, and and still, like, whenever I break this out, like, this is a solid, solid card. This is one of those weird sleepers where I'm like, why doesn't this get played, at least in more casual commander decks? Well, because there are so many artifacts that get played in Commander. So many. So, like, even if you're just, yes, stealing a soul ring or something like that, like, that's good enough. Like, that is good enough for me to put in. I I get it's a four mana card, right? So, we're not saying these are amazing. We're just saying these are worth playing. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm. Yeah, I know. Anyway, love me in Aladdin. Next one uh, Arena of the Ancients. Yeah. This is, this is so good, especially for Commander. Uh, Arena of the Ancients is three colorless. Uh, it's an artifact. It, it is 81 cents. Yep. <laughs> um, you When Arena of the Ancients comes into play, tap all legends. Legends do not untap during their controller's untap phase. And yeah, I, I read the old school version. Yeah, you can put legendary creatures, but it's way cooler to just say legends. Yep. So, yeah, man. Hey, as it, as it turns out, if you tap everybody's Commander and then just keep them tapped... Right. It's kind of powerful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there are there are ways to sack this and recur it and sack it and recur it. Yeah, buddy. Yep. Ugh. Or just blink it. Yeah. Oh, that's another giddy. Yep. Yeah. Ah, Arena of the Ancients. Another one yeah. where I'm like, why doesn't this get played more? Like, literally. I mean, I have three copies of this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Literally just, oh, I want to shut down some decks. Mm-hmm. Right. As it turns out, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, next one, sir. Next one is one of my favorites. One of my absolute favorites from from this set, uh, Cyclone. I hated this card when I was younger, and I was wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's two a green or two green green for an enchantment that says at the beginning of your upkeep, put a wind counter on Cyclone, then sacrifice Cyclone unless you pay green for each wind counter on it. So basically, it has upkeep your cumulative upkeep of green. Yeah. Um, if you pay Cyclone deals damage equal to the number of wind counters on it to each player and each player. So if you pay, then it does cumulative upkeep damage to all creatures and players. Yeah, buddy. Um, I mean, it's expensive, right? I mean, you, you play not like in money terms, this is 24 cents. So this yeah. Thing. Um, but in, in mana terms, I mean, it's a four mana card that does nothing the first turns out, right? And yep. then it comes back around, and then you have to keep paying green for it. But I tell you what, man, I mean, yeah. in in my, I play this, I do legit play this in a deck. I play this in my Doran the Siege Tower deck, which is yep. mostly like lifelink abilities and pestilence effects. Right. And this is a really good, dumb pestilence effect in green. Yeah, I don't remember what deck I had this in, but like the entire point of the deck was like I gained a little bit of life and then I used this to just control the board for the rest of the game until everyone died. Yeah, absolutely. Like that this is- was like the entire game plan was I'm going to play Cyclone 
and all resources go toward that because I have more life than you guys and everybody's going to die slowly. That That's 100% like my game plan in that deck, right? Because yeah. in the Duran deck, it's not necessarily that I'm attacking. I mean, obviously you, you can, right? But all my creatures have big butts and they're right. all going to survive a couple rounds of Pestilence. So it means yeah. nothing to me. Meanwhile, I'm just like wiping the field of tokens. I'm wiping the field of like little utility guys. And then yep. this is this is nice. It's It's different than Pestilence in that like Pestilence, you have to keep paying and keep doing it. Like, this one, yes, you have to keep paying, but, like, you hit for so much by, like, I don't know, turn three. You pay three green mana, and everybody takes three to the dome, and you pretty much board wipe. Like, oh, yeah, so good, man. I don't know. It's definitely worth it. It's it's worth the gumball you're going to pay for it. So Yeah. I genuinely like those big butt decks. Do you know how you can tell that I genuinely like them? Mm. Because I cannot lie. Uh, what would an episode be without at least one Sir Mix-a-Lot reference? So. That man has... Most has, episodes. Huh? Yeah. That man really has made a career out of one song. You can't say oh, that too much. Seriously. Like, I mean, even though, even though like in the 90s, Put Him on the Glass made like a blip. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like it really is all about the, the one song. It's pretty good, man. I mean, if all you do in life is, is do the one really good one-hit wonder, you know? Yeah. I mean, shout out Dexy's Midnight Runners. So... Anyway, uh, Dance of the Many. This is this is a real oldie but a goodie. Yeah. Um, Dance of the Many is too blue. It's an enchantment with like, I'm still mystified by the art on this fucking card. Yes. I, yeah. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. But anyway, when Dance of the Many enters the battlefield, create a token that's a copy of target non-token creature. When Dance of the Many leaves the battlefield, exile the token. When the token leaves the battlefield, sacrifice Dance of the Many. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice Dance of the Many unless you pay two blue. There's a lot of old school fucking restrictions going on in this card. But but what really happens and why you care is you pay two blue, you create a token of a someone else's cool creature or maybe one of your other cool creatures, um, and you just double it for two blue. Like, yes, you have to pay the upkeep, but, mm, you know. Listen, right. it's Chronicles. What do you expect? Yes. There are some weird rules shenanigans that I believe can take place with this because if you play this with like a doubling season, then you get two tokens. I don't think that if you stop paying the upkeep for the one that the other one has to go away. I'm not entirely sure on that. So like because it does, it's not a clone in its truest form. You get a couple of like weird little benefits. Like yes, you can make a, another copy of that token. Uh, that is somewhat unrelated as well as this is an enchantment. So you can play this in like enchantressy type things as well. Like I just, I like the slight difference and uh, yeah, the, the two blue upkeep kind of sucks, but um, it's just, it's a really, really interesting, interesting card. I've always loved this card. That is a really good point. So the rules for this, for dance of the many, each dance of the many the card is associated only with its token creature. If one right. dance leaves the battlefield, only the corresponding token is affected, not all tokens from all instances of Dance of the Many. And then also, if Dance of the Many leaves the battlefield before its first ability has resolved, its second ability will trigger and do nothing. Then its first ability will resolve and put a token on the battlefield. That token won't have any connection to a Dance of the Many permanent. Right, so you can sack Dance of the Many before the before the other part resolves. And yeah, so like it's yeah. it's just got all of those weird interactions that make it, you know, 
that a good much weird better card. of a card. Yeah, <laughs> a good weird old card, right? This yeah. is one you have to like, kind of like, I don't know, like do a diagram of for probably new players. Like, all right, oh, so yeah. this is how I'm going to do this, but this is legit and it can happen. So, right. Anyway, uh, next one on here. Oh, Fallen Angel is a pretty good one. I like this. So, yeah. So Fallen Angel is three black black for a creature angel with flying. It has the ability to sacrifice a creature. Fallen Angel gets plus two, plus one until end of turn. And it's a three, three. Uh, I have used this as a sack outlet for years. Yeah, it's on the higher end of things. But unlike like a lot of people default to Nantuko cut husk or they did for a long time. Um, the one, one that scries for one seems to be the default right now, which makes perfect sense. Was it vampire shaman or vampire something? Something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's a really strong card and a strong contender. The thing that I like about fallen angel for sack outlets is that because it has flying, um, you can actually, you know, turn this sideways. Sometimes you don't just have to have it as, a sack outlet for combo purposes. If you're sacking things anyway, you can dump, you know, 10 tokens into this, swing at somebody and potentially, you know, kill them. Yeah. I mean, this card, weirdly, I think this card has been printed like 10 times. So yeah. th- this might be the most common of the, the weird common cards from here. Right. Although I'm going to go with the Ansematics art like every time. I mean, I love this art too, is another thing. Like I, I have always loved the way that this thing looks. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, but yeah, I mean turning this sideways, even if you sacrifice one creature, is a five five four in the air. It's pretty right. good, man. Right, like, exactly. It's, it's pretty good. Um and the original Legends one, if you want to go black border, is only fourteen dollars. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe just spend fourteen cents and get like the original dual decks version. Yeah. Although it doesn't have the cool art. So yeah. You could go wild and do the seventh edition. No, that one's horrible. What was up with seventh? I, I don't know. That that, like it was a bad set. It was like <laughs> bad set for magic. Well, like bad set, bad art. I don't understand what's going on with that set, but whatever. Man, there's yeah. even cards that while I'm looking through this that like I'm like, man, why didn't we talk about enchantment alteration? Why didn't we talk about Urnum Jin? Why didn't we talk about <laughs> Gauntlets of Chaos? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I love this set. Like I like this this set got crapped on a lot and i think it was because of like the rarity uh, yeah but there's a lot of very good cards in this that i absolutely played with for years Mm -hmm. and some are again are still actually worth playing with now yeah like flash flood yeah one blue it's an instant destroy target red permanent or return target mountain to its owner's hand again this is just the, the opposite of um active volcano right yeah um, and I think less valuable because of that, because blue has so many ways to get rid of, like to handle all kinds of things. Um, I like active volcano more because it's the real, like nobody sees that coming. Yeah. Right. Well, whereas you would probably see it coming in a, in a, in any kind of blue deck. Um, the right. thing I like here, the destroy target red permanent. One of these days they're going to do the color matters thing. And I'm going to be able to build a blind seer deck that doesn't suck. Oh yeah. I, I keep yeah. holding on to that hope. So like this is where that lives because I want to do things with with messing with yes. people's colors. That that is not good. You probably shouldn't do that. That that's a recipe for disappointment. But yeah. just keep this in the back of your mind. Just throwing that out there. Uh, next one, sir. Uh, next one is juxtapose. Which <laughs> have you ever played this card? <laughs> no, I have never played this card. 
All right, so juxtaposes three and a blue for a sorcery that says you and target player exchange control of a creature you each control with the highest mana value. Then exchange control of artifacts the same way. If two or more permanents a player controls are tied for highest, their controller chooses one of them. That just seems cool. This is, I mean, it's for a, three and a blue. It's one of the cheapest exchange effects in the game for two things and you get their best thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's real good. Like if you're playing the, like if you're playing, uh, what's his name? Zedru or whatever. Oh yeah. Yep. Like, why would you not play this card? It's a good point, man. And where does this card come up most? It's in 210 decks. Uh, it comes up most in Zedru, but also in Pramicon, which makes sense. Sure. So, I mean, but yeah, no, I love juxtapose. Yeah. There's not too many of these weird, like ledger domain Puka's mischief, you know, cards that are no, actually kind of worth ton playing. Of those. So like, this is just another good one that's very splashable, you know, and is, I mean, pretty powerful effect. Yeah. Good card is good, man. Good yep. card is good. Uh, next one. We got, oh, this is a spicy meatball from back. I in the love day. this card. This is so good. Um, Land's Edge, one Carlos and two red. It's an enchant world. That's right, motherfucker. You can only yep. have one of these on the battlefield at a time. Don't even try. Um, you may discard a card, and if the discarded card was a land card, Land's Edge deals two damage to target player or planeswalker. Any player may activate this ability. There's so much about this card that I love. So good. Yeah. Like, this is, okay, so it's it's very similar to Seismic Assault true yep but you're allowed to discard anything you want so like honestly even if you're in some kind of like weird rakdosy like graveyard deck you can just discard anything you want to reanimate yeah you know this one um where did i like this card i like this card in new chainer uh for yeah. a while yeah um because you know again you, you could just ditch whatever the hell you want right right and come back um, I think this one, I know for whatever reason on EH right, this one comes up most with Hazaret the Fervent, which is that weird, like you can't attack. Oh yeah. Cause you can't few. attack unless it has, you have like no cards in it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But that's not a, that's not a recipe for, <laughs> uh, it is where I played it though, because I built a budget Hazaret deck. Yeah. I mean, okay. All right. I don't know. This is, it seems okay. It, it also comes up an awful lot in Riel the Everwise, which is cool. Cause that mm. one gets plus one plus O for each instant sorcery in your graveyard. Right. And then you can you can discard you can draw off the discard. Right. So like that's really cool. I don't know, man. Like this is a this is a cool card. Like are it you is. are you really going in for I don't know, are you really going in for, for ditching all the stuff in your graveyard? No, but like how many times in a game have you just had a land an extra land or two in your hand and yeah. there's a two mana creature that's a real pain in the ass out there that yeah. you want to get rid of? Yeah. Well, and the interesting part about it is like it also says any player may do it. Ooh, yeah, that is the spicy part, right? Yeah. So, yep. so it really changes up some dynamic in in very few games, admittedly, but in some games, somebody will be like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> well, I'm playing the lands deck, and here's a crucible. Let's see what happens." Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. I don't know. Yeah. This is really this honestly strikes me as a card that like should see more play. Right? Yes. And especially yeah. for the 37 cents it's going for. I know. It's cheap as hell. Stupid cheap. Oh, my God. 
Uh, anyway, next one. Ooh, Metamorphosis? Yeah, one, uh, one another one of my favorite oldies. So Metamorphosis is one green for a sorcery that says, as an additional cost to cast the spell, sacrifice a creature, add X mana of any one color, where X is one plus the sacrificed creature's mana value, spend this mana only to cast creature spells. All right, so like a mini uh, food chain effect. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, what do we got here? What What's the use case for your metamorphoses? So it's literally just like you know, your. First of all, if you if you have anything that you want in the yard, which is a very common thing, like mm-hmm. this is a sack outlet, plus ramp. Well, I mean, it it replaces itself. I don't know if it's like ramp, right? Because you it paid doesn't... one green, so. Right. But and then it's you... ramp. It's ramp in that like okay. So I sack a four drop. I get. I paid for this. I sack a four drop. I get five mana out of it, and I have four other mana. Like, well, uh, I couldn't cast okay. a nine drop before, but now I can. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I suppose. Yep. Right. So like this can push you to from like a turn four to a turn seven, pretty easily. Hmm interesting like let's say you play like a oh what's one of the ones where you like an elf that costs three that gets you a land so you played that on turn three it ramped you so now you're on turn four with five lands you sack the elf and you end up with eight mana on turn five yeah i guess you weren't doing anything else with that wood elves anyway right right? exactly like what do you care about that like good point yeah, so, okay. Yeah, I mean, so I love this for like just that like, you know, I mean, it it plays similar to a dark ritual and I, nobody has any beef with dark ritual. Yeah, good point. Like I guess if you think about it like the dark ritual in green, you're not far right. off from where you're really going to use this. All right. All right. I can I can get there. So. Kind of brings us around to the card sacrifice, which is basically the same thing, but in black. Also true. Yeah. Which people should play more. Uh, does not bring us around to recall, which is an excellent that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so recall is, and there's so many times that I wanted this effect. I keep thinking this is like I've played this in in plenty cards or yeah. plenty decks before, right? So it it back in the day it was one of the few ways to get stuff back from your yard if you were in blue. So yep. it's XX in blue. It's a sorcery. Discard X cards and return a card from your graveyard to your hand for each card discarded this way. Exile recall i mean yep good card's good man now listen i do recall us having the discussion about the art because i am 100 percent on the fifth edition rkf art i'm always going to go richard kane ferguson if i had the chance i mean in general i agree with you but i think in this yeah i'm definitely going legends i mean okay man i feel like that's the wrong answer here and the legends like lack of saturation looks much better than the chronicles one that is also true. Yeah, I mean, saturated is the perfect version. Even the, I don't know what it is every time because I own the Chronicles version because I'm not, I'm not rap money rich. I don't have the legend. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but like even the border of that card tends to look blue to me after a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird like that. I love the fact the guy is so committed to recalling his magic. That he's got a bird on his head though. That shit is dope. yeah, yeah. Uh, good card's good, man. You know, you're, you're yeah. I mean, it's back not like yard. the most powerful like you know get back effect, but if you've got something like a, what is it, Mizzix or something like that, like, why not? Like, 
Yeah. Yeah, there are there are other ways to, to do this nowadays. So if you want this effect, you can, you know, you can get it. Me personally, I I tend to just YOLO blue decks now. Like I find that when I when I want that effect, I really should just be adding other effects in my deck. Right. Uh, and then instead of trying to get the one thing back. But eh, you know, that's just me. Like I think it's still very good. Good card is still very good. You know? Yeah. But in general, I would probably go like a Talarian wins and just discard and draw more. But that's, yeah. that's just me. Good card, good. Next one. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, this is a. This is just an. It should not be a staple in any any sense of the word. <laughs> but I love me this card, and it's goofy. And who doesn't like an old school stained glass, right? By Kaja Folio. This might be my favorite folio art. I think. Mm, it's just, that's a tough one for me, but it's really good, though, man. It know. is. It's very good. Uh, so Revelations is one green, a world enchantment. Very simple. Players play with their hands revealed. Yeah, solid. Like I mean, basically green. telepathy, right? Yeah, it's just a green telepathy. It's the old yeah. school version of that. There was a white version, I think, like this too. Interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, the play with their hands revealed is a weird thing, right? But I feel like it works best in green because oh interesting i mean if you're playing especially mono green who gives a shit if people know what's in your hand you know like if if, if you're playing against me and mono green say say we're doing mono green elves what the fuck sure. do you think is in my hand elves you know like or or things to make elves bigger or trampling or whatever like that's not it, it seems like a downside for you but honestly in the deck that i would play revelation it's way more of a downside to everybody else because th- then i get to see all their removal i get to see all the other things um, it, it actively, you know, it makes the game more of chess, right? Cause now you have perfect information. So, yeah, I think, I think I would play revelation most in NAF, mm. right? Like discard deck, but green. So like I can target who I want to make discard. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I got some sneaky shit in NAF though. I don't know if yeah. I want to. I don't know if I want to. Well, yeah, that. I mean, I don't know if you want to play out your hand, but like, I could but definitely. I, could, I see where you're going. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see a case for like, you know, hey, you can see you can see all my discard nonsense that I'm about to do, but <laughs> I can see who I'm going to target. So, I also think this would be cool just doing it in. I I, I think the the last place I played Revelation because I've definitely played this card is in just Enchantress. Because mm-hmm. again, people know what you're playing in Enchantress. I don't think it's a real secret. Um, but also this has made people twerk and like point removal at revelation. Like I have people, really? I have had people remove revelation cause they're like, fuck that card. I don't want you to see what's in my hand. And I'm like, all right, that's weird. I already know what's in your hand, but okay. Right. <laughs> you know, like I've had people do that before. All it's right, weird well, in yeah. the same way that like people love to kill dragon master outcast where I'm like, that's a dumb one drop. It's probably never going to get me a dragon, but okay. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. Even if you just want to like bait it out it's a good one drop in an enchantress yeah that out there Hmm. next one uh next one is storm seeker and yeah i used to play this card too (laughs) still play this card (laughs) three and a green for an instant says storm seeker deals one damage to target player for each card in his or her hand fucking love me a storm seeker yeah uh i there's so few use cases for it now but like i remember i remember running a standard deck where i was like so i'm just gonna ramp and cast storm seeker a lot so like if people had five cards in hand like 
they're just like, I'll take five, I'll take five, I'll take five. Like, <laughs> you're practically winning the game just off of that, you know? I'm telling you, this is an actual win con in my Solvala Explorer return day. Nice, nice. I 100% have killed people with Stormseeker. I get a high five every time I do it. Um, I'm not saying I just do it for the high five, but it is it is nice. I feel um, like I should play this in my Prosperous Bloom deck because there are points where I literally like make people draw like 40. Oh, you 100% should. Yeah. Come on, man. You would totally get the high five if you murdered oh, someone. Oh, yeah. That's a, pretty, that's a pretty solid win con. It's, it's really good. I don't yeah. know. Okay. Okay. I'll share it back. It's not really good. In certain situations, it'll get you a high five. And it's yes. good old school yeah. tech. I think that's the right way to. Yeah. Uh, I like how everything fell, though, because I get to talk about one of my favorite cards, but you have to read it. <laughs> I really like Mia Tackle Maggot. Yeah. I, for, I don't know how many decades now I've been looking for a use case for Tackle Maggot because I, I 100% own this card. I think I opened it up in a package of Chronicles, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And I have no idea what the fuck to do with this it. This card is great. Here's the weird thing this card is, is secretly pretty amazing. But people don't play it mostly because they don't feel like reading it. Also, see, like secretly super cheap. Like it's five dollars in legends. So like if you really have right, an, right. an allergy to the white border, like just go for the legends. But yeah, one hundred percent, people will look at the brick of text and say, "Nope." And just right, what, what does it what do? do you say? Yeah, just whatever you want to say, it does. <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, so tackle maggot is two colorless and two black. Uh, it's an enchant creature. At the beginning of your up. Of the upkeep of Enchanted Creatures Controller, put a minus zero, minus one counter on that creature. We are already, like, the asymmetric counters, we're already yeah. going hot on this. So, when Enchanted Creature dies, that creature's controller chooses a creature that Tackle Maggot could enchant. If the player does, return Tackle Maggot to the battlefield under your control attached to that creature. If they don't, return Tackle Maggot to the battlefield under your control as a non-or enchantment. It loses enchant creature and gains at the beginning of that player's upkeep. Tackle Maggot deals one damage to that player. So in short, the Maggot's either going to infect a creature or the player. Right. And do essentially one damage to them each turn. And Mark, I will say, and I think that the audience will back me here. If you're not playing this in Ramsey's Overdark, what are you doing with your life? It is it is pretty amazing. I don't know why it wasn't in my Ramsey's Overdark deck. This would have been a perfect fit in that dumbass deck. Um, because it automatically comes back from the graveyard if you kill it with Ramsey's, if you kill the creature with Ramsey's Overdark. That is also true. Yeah, you're right. I don't know what I, I, I failed. As, as a yeah. content creator, I failed as a magic deck builder. Um, I can only prostrate myself and ask for forgiveness. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> but uh yeah no i i i love this card i've all like ever since i read it which by the way the first time i owned this card i did not read it oh i, I mean well first of all you have to kind of like sit down and make coffee as you're reading it right exactly things. like i did i did not read the newspaper and yeah like flip through this card um i i saw the i saw the cost in that it was an enchanted creature and i was like no, we're, we're done here like, <laughs> uh -huh. uh, but Ever since I actually read this card, it has become one of my favorite cards. I was like, this is just flavorful. It's amazing. It turns into an enchant player. Like, what the hell is going on? You know? <laughs> what like, the fuck is this card? Yeah. yeah. No, it's good, man. I mean, this is, it's weird and situational, right? Yeah. But it's also annoying, but not so annoying that anyone's ever going to get rid of it. Right. And it is wicked overcosted. Like, so overcosted. It's not oh, even yeah, funny. Yeah. 
Um, but you know where this actually would also really go well in, or I don't know if it would go well in it. What's that? Uh, what's that? Rakdos enchantment commander, not Rakdos. Uh, Mardu enchantment commander. Ben, sacrifice an enchantment, return target enchantment from graveyard to the battle. There we go. Gan Arcanum Weaver. There we go. Yeah. Uh, this would be one that I yeah. like, right? Because you can still sacrifice your enchantments when they're on another creature, right? Yeah. Because they still count. So, yeah, like, yeah. you play this out, you can, you know, sack it, return something else to the graveyard of the battlefield, or just return this from the graveyard of the battlefield. Right. Like, yeah, man. Get you a, get you again, you know, for, for all of 11 cents that this dude is running. I was say, it's super cheap. <laughs> and then get you a, a tackle maggot. And then you go for to all you gotta, seven cents or whatever that yeah. is. Yeah. And, and, you know, then you got a stew going. Yeah. So, oh, good card. Good, man. Same. All right. Uh, moving on from the tackle maggots, sir, uh, read you um, a witch hunter. if you. Will, yeah. So, please. so last card here is witch hunter, which is two white, white for a human cleric. Uh, it's a one, one. You can tap it to deal one damage to target player or planeswalker. And you can pay one white, white and tap it to return target creature and opponent controls to the its owner's hand. So the random secret tech in white where you can literally bounce creatures as an activated ability. Mm-hmm. Man, I remember playing the shit out of this card yeah. way back in the day. Uh, and yeah. someone must have agreed with us as being awesome because it got time spiral time shifted. Right. So this is actually pretty common. I mean, if you want to, and maybe you should splurge for the dark version, um, it is $13, so it's not breaking the bank. However, yeah. if you just want Black Border, it might get you with a 19-cent time spiral one. Right. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. Bouncing White is weird. But yeah, I, but I mean, like, it's it's a good, like, simple solution to somebody who, you know, just has that, that beefy Ultron creature. Er, Ultron. <laughs> Voltron creature. <laughs> I mean, Ultron would be good to bounce too, right? You don't want that dude sticking around. Well, that's true. That's true. So, yeah. <laughs> good card. Good card is freaking good. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I could do without the art. The art are always kind of bad. The art me. is real bad, and it always has been. There's nothing nothing else to be said there. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I've, kind of, I've liked some of the other Jesper My Four stuff. Like, again, we've talked about this. Banshee is unassailable. Like, it's great. Banshee art. is one of the best, like, best arts on a card yeah i can even get down with like your eater of the deads or your demonic hordes you know evil yeah, eye of... faces faces seem to be a problem like you but got then your he, he's the one who Boris did devil boon camouflage but, but he did elves of deep shadow the og dark oh, version true and that's a great looking card. yeah the og version of that is amazing so i'm like jesper will you just phone it in on this one come on buddy yeah also he somehow got a paycheck for fog just like a whole bunch of white nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. and Mold Demon. I hate that card, too. I, I do. But again, then again, I love Season of the Witch. So. Yeah. And yeah. the Fallen. Like, it's a real it's a real mixed bag. Dude, like when you put this against Word of Command, you got you also got a paycheck for two eyeballs in a, in a sea yeah, of black. It's true. It's true. That is, that is the better deal. So we're just saying maybe not always, I don't know, not always coming out on top, but, you know, occasionally good. Um. Well, ladies and gents, uh, that was our attack from Chronicles. It still ha ha holds up in 2022. If yeah. you guys have other cards, because again, I feel like we could kind of go back to the well on a lot of these. I, I think, I don't know that, um, 
might be too much to say that Chronicles is a set that keeps on giving. Like, we might have kind of hit all of it. However, like, you convinced me that, like, Ashnod's Transmogrant is, is a card worth playing in 2022. Yeah. Um, you, you get a couple others in there. You never know. So, let us know what you think, folks. If you were really sad we didn't bring up Felden's Cane, I don't know. Let us know in the comments. With that, we're going to mosey on through an outro. Get out of here for a week. Have ourselves a nice little show. Interstitial, the last. Ah, yes. Adam, I know we're on the opposite side of this because I still have not seen uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. However, even not seeing that uh, that movie, I think Everything Everywhere All at Once was the better version of that movie. I have not seen this, but I have heard a lot of hype about it. It is amazing. Uh, Michelle Yao, which I think I'm pronouncing that right, um, is the main character. You know, you know her from uh, yes. Crouching Tiger, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things. Like she's very, uh, very prolific. Um, and the the movie is just amazing. Like, the like from a cinematic angle, from like a storytelling angle, from about a thousand other different angles. Like it's incredibly well acted. There are so many cool performances in there. Um, I'm definitely going to mess up this actor's name so i'm not going to pronounce it but the the, the actor who plays uh wayman wang who is uh michelle yao's husband in the um in the story is amazing and he like he's one of those performances where i'm like where has this guy been for forever like oh my right. god like, he's an amazing actor um stephanie sue I th- again i hope i'm pronouncing that right um it plays her daughter who is great yeah uh, and then there's like this bang up performance by Jamie Lee Curtis that I was not expecting at all and I, that was she was amazing in that the the whole cast like James Hong comes back as you know grumpy grandpa um he is amazing like there are so many standout performances here um and it, just the the whole thing from the concept to the execution to the humor like this was a legit laugh out loud funny movie to me You're right um I don't know that you can get any better so this kind of checked all the boxes for me. If you haven't seen every everything everywhere all at once, you'll you'll correct that instantly. Hmm. Nice. Good quantum movie is good quantum movie. All right. Have we hit like peak quantum? Like you know we hit like peak zombie a couple of years ago. Are, are are we there? Are we just? I mean, at the very least, we've hit leap quantum. Mm. That was a good show. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I don't think it holds up though. Uh, I don't. Yeah, you know, I I was thinking about back in the day. I'm like, uh, should I go back and watch that? I don't no. know. Is that peak Scott Bakula? I don't know. Yeah, I tried to watch Sliders because I I never watched it when Ooh. I was younger. If you don't want to think too hard, watch you with Sliders. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, man, Sliders does have John Reese Davies in it, so like that's a that's a leg up. Yeah. Um. I mean. it's Quantum Leap has a good Dean Stockwell, so uh, I don't know. I did love me Quantum Leap back in the day. I'm I loved fr- Quantum Leap back in the day. I'm, I'm afraid to go back and watch it, but regardless, everything, everywhere, all at once, amazing, amazing ep- show, movie. Go watch it. <laughs> well, ladies and gents, we've come to the end of another episode. Um, Adam. 
for this outro, if someone would like to, I don't know, hit you up and tell you all their favorite cards out of, I don't know, 7th edition? Because we chat on that a little bit. How about their, mm. their favorite art from 7th edition? Oh, There we go. Oh, where can they hit you up? Uh, yeah, you can hit me up on Twitter at Squire9999. Excellent. And, folks, if you would like to drop a line to all of us here at the Commander Cast, uh, CommanderCast at gmail.com or on the Twitters at CommanderCast. Uh, be sure to check out our CommanderCast Facebook page. And a big thanks to everyone here at the CommanderCast Network. We'll see you next week with more community strategy, but sadly no t- Chronicles technology. So until mm-hmm. then, let's get it. Let's get it.